Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Can't avoid the elephant in the room. And the elephant in the room, of course, is indoor dining. And uh, that decision has been made by government yesterday. There's a bit of to and fro going on and flip-flopping going on all morning with different politicians. And what struck me was, when I listened to, of course, what we have decided to do, which is delay the reopening uh, initially from July the 5th, probably to July the 19th. And we're not even sure of that, of course, because Micheál Martin uh, said yesterday that they're putting a plan together before July the 19th. So we don't even know if that's the exact date. It could go further than that. It could be stretched out further than that. But even when it does come back, when it does come back, he's suggesting, of course, that, and Leo Varadkar reiterated today, that there would be vaccine passports or certificates, or they're calling it a corona pass, which will be used to get you into a restaurant or a bar to allow you to sit down. Now, the argument, of course, that's been given to all politicians all morning, including Eamon Ryan and Radio this morning, is, so I'm 21 years of age. I can work in a bar. I can serve in a bar for eight hours. I can serve my own parents in a bar or in a restaurant for eight hours. But I can't sit down after my shift is over. And that seems like a complete contradiction. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But yet, they're rolling on and doing it. And what I was I was watching the UK news yesterday too, because as you know, every country is in more or less the same situation. I mean, the UK obviously have more cases of the Delta variant, which is something to be concerned about. And obviously, Neffet have put this to the government, and this is why this decision is being made. And Neffet's modelling, and hopefully it's not right. Hopefully it's inaccurate modelling, and much of the modelling has been inaccurate so far. And hopefully it is, predicts that over 2,000 people could die in the next six months. And that's certainly not something we would like to see. And I know there are many people who are worried about the Delta variant. I get that, and I get the idea that it's more transmissible. But when we look at the stark difference in the way our next-door neighbours in the United Kingdom are dealing with it, and I know they're a little bit ahead of us when it comes to vaccinations, but then again, they are using the AstraZeneca vaccine, which has a lower efficacy on the first dose. But I was reading this morning that Michael Gove was on radio yesterday, former Secretary of State, the UK Minister, and he's been backed by Boris Johnson and the UK CMO when he said, and I'm quoting him here, COVID will last forever and we need to live with it like the flu. And he went on to say that they're opening this month, or should I say the end of July, or before the end of July anyway, for sure, and that'll be their new Freedom Day, and everything will open, and they have now established in the UK they will be not using COVID passes for any events, for any indoor dining, for any indoor restaurants, or anything like that. The only way they'll be using passes is for air travel, and of course you can't avoid that because other countries demand it. So they'll be using no certs. So... We are poles apart in strategies in the way we're dealing with it. So which is the right strategy? I suppose their strategy, some people might say, is a bit flahulic. And our strategy is a little bit overcautious. But which strategy is the right strategy? And does that concern you? And what concerned me as well was what Michal Martin said. Taoiseach Michal Martin told the Cabinet, he asked the Chief Medical Officer, Tony, uh, Dr Tony Hulan, uh, what his advice would be if the government could not develop a vaccine pass for pubs and restaurants. In other words, if the technology failed them, essentially, and they couldn't get this QR code thing to work. And he said uh, he was told indoor dining would have to be banned, banned for the foreseeable future. I mean, that leaves Ireland, I suppose, as a complete outlier, because at this point now... Across Europe, we're the only country where you cannot drink or eat indoors. So much so that I was listening this morning on the radio again and I heard many people on air saying they were cancelling their staycations. 
and going to Northern Ireland or going to Portugal because it doesn't seem to make an awful lot of sense that as and from July the 19th you can go on international travel once you've been vaccinated or once you have a PCR test if you don't have been vaccinated. You can go to Germany, you can go to Portugal, and you can go to any country within Europe, you can sit down in a restaurant, you can have a drink and you can go back to Ireland again. That doesn't make any sense. And I can see why people or even go to Belfast and you can sit down in a restaurant. You can do that right now if you want to and then come back across the border. I know a lot of people are doing that at the weekend. And I'm pretty sure people in the border towns are doing it. So we need to catch up, I suppose, is what everybody is saying. Or maybe you agree with this cautious approach because of the Delta variant. Now, I want to get your opinion on that. You can call us or text us at 87 That's 87 And the question I'm simply asking today is, the Tanisha also stated the COVID pass could mean Ireland never has to enter into another lockdown. But I want to know if you believe that indoor dining for vaccinated people is the only way forward. Because according to the government, that is the only way forward. Let me know what you think. Now, while I'm waiting for your calls and waiting for your texts, yesterday, young Finnegal wrote an open letter to Antishuk Michal Martin urging him to scrap segregated reopening and discrimination against young people. Obviously talking about the COVID pass or the Corona pass, as it's now being called. And Young Finnegan have also stated in the national campaign, hashtag left outside alone, to stand up for equal rights for the young people in Ireland and fight against the segregation of reopening. And joining me on the line is Art O'Mahony, who is the president of Young Finnegan. Good afternoon to you, Art. Good afternoon, Niall. Well, first of all, I suppose it's best if we get a bit of context here. So do you have the letter that you wrote to Hall Martin in front of you? I don't have the letter in front of me, Niall, but I suppose to well, give context for yeah. the listeners, um, the nature, of our, the nature of our campaign, which we launched yesterday, um, was effectively to ask the government to abandon the policy which it's attempting to pursue and attempting to implement, which would effectively mean that those who are vaccinated in society will be entitled to a veil of indoor dining. Those who aren't vaccinated will not, um, which for the most part has jettisoned the government's policy that we're all in this together. Young people are, as a cohort, uh, the ones who have sacrificed a huge amount over the past 16 months. I think it's fair to, it's it's fair to say we have all sacrificed a huge amount. Oh, absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I believe, believe me, I'm, I'm fundamentally of a view that it is important not to pin society against each other. I, I have elderly relatives. We all do. Everybody was happy to do this. Younger people, for the most part, took our place at the back Absolutely. of the queue for a vaccine, this accepted that we wouldn't be on campus for an entire year without noise. The reason why we have decided to speak up now is because that contract, that social contract at younger people is being torn up before us. Because while we have decided we will not advocate for segregated close down, which we could have as the least vulnerable bracket, um, we're now being asked to accept a system whereby we're having a two-tier reopening and younger people could be left outside indefinitely into September okay. or October. Well, let's, let's look at the reasons why the government, well, why they say they've made this decision on the advice of Neffet. So Neffet have predicted that this Delta variant, of course, is a lot more transmissible. Yes, the risk of people going to hospital and dying is a lot lower because a lot more people are being vaccinated. So we're not back in November when we had that dangerous wave, I suppose, in January and February with a higher number of cases because we've seen from the UK, even with a higher number of cases, deaths and hospitalizations are still very low. But there's still a risk. And what they're essentially saying is, okay, you young people, you haven't been vaccinated yet. And I don't know whether you all want to get vaccinated, but you haven't been vaccinated yet. And there are still some people in the vulnerable cohorts over the age of, say, 50, for example, who are more likely to succumb to sickness or illness, who haven't had their second dose. 
And because the AstraZeneca maybe only have a 50% efficacy in relation to, say, the Delta variant on the first dose, they want to give it a little bit more time to get the rest of those people vaccinated. So Johnny, you know, who goes out and has a beer with his 21-year-old mates, doesn't come home to Mary, who's 67 years of age and who's only had her first dose of a vaccine. That's their argument, isn't it? Well, that, that seems to be the case. But I mean, I guess to put that into a wider context, it means that Ireland has positioned itself as an absolute out- outlier in Europe. I think you said when you were introducing us that we have a less flahulok or a less liberal strategy. No, I said, I said the United Kingdom have a, a more flahulok strategy. Yeah. We have a more cautious well, strategy, I Well, I, I, would, I would go further and say we don't have a strategy. I think what the government said yesterday was that by the time we come to July the 19th, we might be in a position to clarify things for, for pubs, restaurants and cafes. I don't think that's good enough. I think the vast majority of people listening at home are fed up with, um, with what we've heard. And I think younger people are particularly peeved. And the, re- the reason why we have launched this campaign and we're asking anybody who's at home and interested to sign up is because we believe that this argument could be made for the next few months. And indefinitely, we have also seen a situation whereby Method have advised younger people not to travel against the legal um, insur- assurances that have been given to us by the European Commission. We have completely decided to oppose the use of antigen testing um, we on vaccine procurement, uh, we are in a pretty precarious situation as well. And while we will wait our turn and we will be vaccinated, hopefully, uh, within our targets by September. Um, well, well, that might speed up a little bit now, Art, because NIAC have obviously approved the AstraZeneca vaccine for those under the age of 30. So that may obviously improve the speed of the vaccine rollout. And of course, we're now hearing of pharmacies that will be dishing out the vaccine. And just by the way, Art, because obviously you're in touch with you know young people in your circle. When I say young people, you know, 18 to 25 year olds. I mean, what's the general view of getting a vaccine? Are, are most young people willing to be vaccinated? Or are there many of them saying, well, no, I don't really need it. Sure, I'm not really at risk. I'll be grand. I mean, what, what is the general attitude of, of young people? Do they want to be vaccinated? I think if a young person was offered to get a vaccine at four o'clock in the morning, we'd take it. I've met hardly anybody who is opposed to taking a vaccine. I think, and, and that it almost adds insult to injury. Um, we have effectively, without making much noise, waited at the back of the queue and that's fair enough that's what the scientific evidence suggests but on foot of that we've heard a hell of a lot of lip service paid to renewing a social contract with younger people to recognizing that young people have been disproportionately impacted while at the same time this is the policy which has been endorsed and we've said this repeatedly we will judge Nesset and we will judge the well, government I, but I don't, I don't believe they've been disproportionately affected up to this point I mean we've all been affected in different ways I mean for example aviation hospitality entertainment have been really badly affected for example people in those industries so yes young people have been affected yes you haven't got to go to college for lectures and stuff like that a lot of the college work I know because I have a 21 year old son he's doing it at home and I have a daughter also going to college this year so I understand how you've been affected and I understand that this point in your life is a really important point in your life for social gatherings for getting together for meeting people for meeting a new girlfriend for making career decisions all those things have been badly affected and I get that Art but we've all been affected in different ways I will agree with you that in a sense now we are now treating you differently because essentially you are not going to be allowed into a restaurant or a bar um, unless you're vaccinated and you can't get vaccinated. And that's your argument, isn't it? Well, absolutely. And I mean, uh, this, this is the point. Segregated reopening could have been introduced 
a hell of a long time ago. We could have made a, a, an argument to say that uh, those in a younger cohort should be entitled to avail of outdoor dining, for instance, at, at points where it, it was dangerous. But we never made that argument because we have a social conscience and a social conscience that, that believes in social cohesion and believes in the mentality that we're all in this together. And that has really, really been dismissed. And I guess one thing that seems to have been forgotten during this argument when we speak about young people and the disproportionate impact is that the national debt at the moment is at an all-time high, and it is our generation that's going to pay this thing back. So on foot of the fact that we, we are the last to receive our liberties and have foregone the most important years of our life, um, started a new job inside in a box room, paying ex- extortionate um, college fees for um, not even being in attendance, um, we are now also expected... Well, that's a whole other issue, by the way, that I, t- I talked about during the year, and I don't think anybody's raised that issue again since... I still don't understand why we're expected or young people are expected to pay the 3500 or 4000 college fees, the registration and administration fee, when they're not actually in the college anymore. They're actually at home. I mean, surely the colleges are saving quite a substantial amount of money and probably getting uh, funding from the state as well at the moment uh, in relation to electricity bills, heating bills, lecturers appearing and uh, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm sure they're saving quite a substantial amount of money. So that surely has to be passed on. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I, I, would, I hoped, and I, I still do hope, to be honest, that this pandemic might be a catalyst for a renewal of a social contract to younger people to recognise um, that this has been, an, of course, it's been um, difficult uh, for, the, for everybody, but in particular for a cohort that has foregone everything from the opportunity to do a J1 or interrailing that will never again return, never have a 21st, never have a graduation. These are things, these are important moments in your life which we can never relive. Now, we've done that, but I think if we go ahead with this policy, the young people of Ireland will be beyond outraged. And like me, who I've booked a, a train to Belfast in two weeks' time, I think the vast majority of us will be, will be looking elsewhere. And I think down the line, if this is the policy that we're going to, to leave in place for a few months because we mightn't be vaccinated until the end of September, we are looking at a real uh, talent drain because people aren't going to accept living, living in a society which has decided, right, well, it, we're so all... What, so, Art, what, what, what do you believe young people are going to do? Now, I know there's many bars and restaurants who said they will not adhere to this policy. They've said already they're not going to ask people for vaccination passports, etc., etc. And by the way, there is legal issues around it that have to be discussed. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if the Attorney General has looked into this completely yet. There's GDPR issues. I know in Russia, for example, where they do use a vaccine cert, it's only people's initials that are on the QR code because there's legal GDPR issues in relation to it. So I know a lot of restaurants may turn around and they've already announced uh, both on Twitter and online and Facebook and everything else that they won't be asking young children or young people. Sorry to use the word children. Young people. Uh, but I heard Eamon Ryan this morning and he said uh, when he was asked about the hypocrisy of a young person doing an eight-hour shift you know, in a restaurant and then not being allowed to sit down in that same restaurant and eat themselves and the hypocrisy of that. But he said we're going to, in the next three or four weeks, figure out how to make the workplaces a safer place for young people to work in that wouldn't be vaccinated. Do you accept that? No, that's a total cop-out in my view. I think what what we are seeking at the moment is for young people to raise the roof on this issue. We cannot accept a system whereby after 16 months of opting into this uh, service, we're, we're going to be discriminated against. Um, it's not right that if it's pouring rain outside, we're sitting outside in jackets, we're okay to go inside once we're plating the food and pouring the pints, but we can't sit in ourselves. My brother is a primary school teacher. The government is happy for him to, to, to teach 30 young people inside in the classroom, but he won't be able to go for a pint. This is completely madness, and I think the public at large 
relies that this is madness. And what I am advocating is to make as much noise as possible to make sure that we can reverse this strategy. There is no strategy in place at the moment. We're hoping well, I sw- well, I, well I, their argument in relation, just finally in relation to the strategy is, that sometimes it's difficult to have a strategy when it's a changing situation. And of course, you know, going back a month ago, we didn't know, for example, that we were going to have an increase in cases because of the Delta variant. Now, I'm not going to add to that, that that of course, that we haven't had a huge increase in the amount of hospital admissions or deaths or, you know, ICU patients. Thankfully, that figure is staying reasonably low and the same in the UK as well. But still, I suppose the risk Neffet are saying is the Delta variant. And there are people, Art, you know, you're not worried about it. I'm not probably worried about it because I'm vaccinated anyway. But there are people who are worried about it. Oh no, and I, I'm not. To, I, it's not to say that I am not worried about the Delta variant, but but I think we need to recognise that uh, it is beyond unusual that Ireland has adopted an entirely unique public health position to that of nations that are of a similar size um, who are, I imagine, receiving similar information. And I welcome the fact that Neffed's advice that's been given to the government will now be audited from an independent body. But I, I have to say, I think when it comes to the 19th of July and when a decision is made, not alone for young people, but for businesses as well, we need a workable solution. If you're a vintner, if you're a restauranter, and there's plenty of them listening in at the moment, asking them to effectively ID their own customers and to see if they're vaccinated, that's not going to work. And you're right, you're right to flag legal issues. There's certainly legal issues uh, around it. But it's, fun- it's fundamentally unworkable. And I think the government itself knows it's fundamentally unworkable. Okay. So I'm, I'm imploring the government as... as president of the youth wing of a government party that when we get to a point where a decision is formally articulated to the public that it's fair, that it treats everybody fair and that we can move forward together. Okay, listen, thank you very much indeed. I appreciate you coming on the air. Arthur Mahoney, president of Young Finnegal. Also, Noel Keane is the chef of and owner, by the way, of Cree in Tralee and he joins me. Noel, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, how are you? No, not a good time really for hospitality yeah. in Ireland, is it? I mean, really bad news, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that's one way of putting it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming you were you were up to last week. You were all prepared, stocks in, produce ready, you know, rosters done, etc., uh, etc. Yeah, I, mean, et I think a lot of people who don't work in the industry don't realise. Kickstarter restaurant offer next Monday started two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because you don't just walk in, turn on the open the door, and turn on the lights, and away you go. Yeah, it's not how that works. It's, it's weeks of preparation. Um, menu writing. I started back in May. Uh, menu testing in early June, um, you know, staff coming in for training, cleaning, sanitizing, resetting. Every restaurant in the country had staff in a week to 10 days ago getting ready for next Monday. Um, and so when, when you when you heard on Friday, of course, where the first signs are with Thursday and Friday, you know, there was suggestions. Yeah, it starts with these ridiculous government leaks, rumors, whispers. If that was a private organization they'd all be sacked for leaks, let, let alone any of the other crap that's gone on in the last year. Just take the leaks, the, the little whispers and innuendos. That's a private company. You get the door instantly for that. Okay, that's so it would have been better if they had to just come out last week, made some sort of announcement and well, be clear about it. a decision in a timely manner like they've done when? Mm-hmm. When, when was the last time that happened? Yeah. Um, you know, if, 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 like not one of these Muppets would, would get a job in, in, in the private sector. But see, their, argu- their argument is, and, and I mentioned this to Art there a minute ago, that in relation to strategy, this is a changing situation. 
Yeah. <laughs> <That's a change. laughs> I'm glad you find it humorous, no? But, oh, but it is a changing situation, isn't so it? I'm presuming the government has a grand plan that they have a strategy. Well, no, well, they seemingly don't because Michal Martin said they will they will put together a plan before the 19th oh, of July. Yes, yes. And they must have a meeting to put together a group to form an organisation, to form a subcommittee, to start talking about putting together a plan and they're going to have it ready for the 19th of July. July. Four weeks. Not even. When was the last time you saw the government do anything in that short period of time? So for you, as a restaurant owner and a chef... We'll be lucky if we're open by the end of August at the way this is going. Some restaurateurs I know are pulling the plug and going, see you in March 22. Because this is your busy time of the year, of course, isn't it? I mean, I mean, June we're to kind of September, it. isn't it? We're halfway through it. Yeah. There, there's restaurateurs who... I'm lucky. I'm in Tralee. Great town. Great public support all their, their restaurants and their businesses year-round. I have friends in coastal towns. They have till the 30th of August, and it's over for another year. Mm-hmm. Because they've already lost April, May, June. Now July is gone. That leaves them with one good month and one okay month in September to make enough money to keep their restaurant going till March of next year. Well, I'm assuming, because of what Michal said yesterday, that there would be subsidies available and help and you know, funding available. Nothing short of a joke. Ask any restaurant or bar owner in this country, are the subsidies covering the standing closed cost of your building? And the answer is not even a fraction of it. They love their headlines, the government. They come out and they go, oh, we're giving subsidies to restaurants of up to 5,000 a week. I don't know a single person in this country topping 500 a week, let alone 5,000. Well, you still have to pay your taxes as well, mind you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, or, where, or warehouse them, whatever you want. Whatever like you want. This, this was the winter, so the SB had to, to be there, the heating had to be on, the security had to be on, the, the insurance had to be paid through the winter. So the subsidies are a joke. You know, so, so well, so, no, what you got, well, you're not opening on July the 5th. No. Uh, according to the government. Now, unless they do a U-turn on that between now and July the 5th. And uh, look, there are suggestions and whisperings, as you say, uh, going on that this could all turn around very quickly because there seems to be so much resistance to it by every group mm-hmm. and every they sector. They got it wrong and they're trying to figure out how to turn it around without saying they got it wrong because not one of them has a set of cojones on them to go, do you know what, Les, we got this wrong, we're going to reverse our decision well, they, and man well, the hell up. Well, they've so asked the WHO and the European Centre for Surveillance or Disease Control I, I, to, to reassess the situation. Unless I'm mistaken, and I, correct me here if I'm wrong, we elected a government to make decisions for the betterment of our society. But our government are asking NEFED, then asking World Health Organization, and then we have to ask this guy who lives left of Lithuania, is it okay if we speak to this guy about opening, because maybe we're not sure. I'm sorry, you're paid to be the leader of a country. Stand up, make decisions, make them properly. We're the only country in the world left. Well, we are, well we're the only country certainly in Europe, and yeah. probably close to the word of the stage that doesn't allow in, indoor dining. Us in Cuba, that's it. Us in Cuba. I think Eritrea might be still in that position as well, but however. Uh, but, okay, but, and absolutely, we are an outlier. There's no doubt about that. And when I look at how poles, how much poles apart we are from uh, the UK and the decisions they're making at the moment, um, certainly we seem to be way behind. But you could argue that they're being a little bit flahulic, as I said, and we're being overcautious. But in relation to what the suggestion well, was made yesterday, but let, 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 me, let me finish now what I'm saying. One. So you open, let's say, for example, they insist that you have to wait till the 19th of July. 
Yeah. And on the 19th of July, the plan currently at the moment, it still seems to be, although it's up and down all day, for example, they're, all making, they're all making contradictory comments. But the plan yeah. seems to be that there will be a corona pass, as it's being known now. Not a, it's not a vaccine pass, it's now <laughs> called a corona pass. Yeah. Right. Are you going to stand or have somebody standing at the door of your restaurant saying, uh, show us your QR code there? Right, so you want me to ask a staff member of mine to stand in the door and possibly break the law every time they ask that question? Well, we don't know. I suppose there is a suggestion that there could be GDPR issues around it. There is a suggestion that there's other issues or other legal issues around it. But I'm sure the Attorney General will have to check to make sure because obviously you can't be taking the hit on somebody suing you. Absolutely not. Um, but this just goes to show you that the lack of thought, clarity and strategy that goes into any decision that they make is zero. They don't know if this is a GDRP issue. Could well, well, I know, well I know, I know in some countries that, well, Austria, I believe, and Russia, surprisingly enough, are using this, but they, they only have initials on the QR code, not somebody's name, which, mind you, is open to fraud, because essentially, if Ashling wanted to go to my producer tomorrow who's not vaccinated, she could probably just borrow her mother's pass. Yes, but <laughs> the government could, before they made this dumb announcement, picked up the phone or walked down the hall to the Attorney General and go, by the way, if there were a soon as we pay you to oversee our, us not saying something that's illegal, is this illegal? Well, was it impossible to contact a man all of a sudden and the, the announcement had to be made all of a sudden that they couldn't actually get their heads together and go, are we saying something that's actually illegal here? But, but, if, the, if, if, but if they announce it, Noel, if they, if, they, if they come back, say, in the middle of the month, say, on the 10th or the 12th of July and say, right, we have a plan now and this is the plan. Mm. And yeah. we've checked the legalities. We've checked the GDPR issues. We're happy. The data commissioner is happy with it as well. Here's a little QR code. It's going to be on your phone. It's going to only have basic information like your date of birth and your initials. And you have to produce that going into a restaurant. Are you going to have somebody standing there checking? So you want me to discriminate? So I'm, well, I'm asking you a question. Quite simply. No, I will, I will not discriminate okay. against, against my own uh, um, citizens okay. that I'm part of, of a country I grew, grew up in and love. And now you want me to discriminate against them because there's a ton of reasons for not taking a vaccine, right? It's not just people that go, oh, I'm anti vaccine Well, I know, I'm, I'm I know. I, I, mean, no. there's, I know, there's a lot of people who've made that choice not to be vaccinated, and that's their choice, by the way. I'm, 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 I'm not taking their choice away. I'm fully vaccinated. I'm happy to be fully vaccinated. But, okay, yeah, but, okay so Neffet's advice is that, you know, obviously we have a lot of interaction between people at the moment in different aspects of life and different cohorts, et cetera, et cetera. And their advice is that this particular aspect of our social, uh, I suppose, meetings, uh, meeting in restaurants where we're all kind of enjoying ourselves, different people from different You're not families. To enjoy yourself anymore, well, no, I, I'm just telling you what they're saying. <laughs> they're saying, they're predicting, their modelling suggests that we could have 750,000 cases of the Delta variant and we could have up to 2,000 people die uh, before the end of the year if we don't approach this cautiously. Do you accept that? No, no, because look at England, they're... they're the Delta variant was spotted there a long time ago. They're way further where they're ahead of us on opening, and them figures aren't holding water there. Well, they have. Well, they have seen a huge increase in case numbers, but virtually no increase. Very in little increase in in hospitalizations and hospitalizations deaths. Hospitalizations and deaths are. While it might be more transmissible, it doesn't seem to be as dangerous or more dangerous than any other variant. And the other side... But I, I suppose isn't the argument that they just want... To, I mean, you have to understand the UK are a little bit ahead of us when it comes to vaccines. So they want to get that cohort of people who are in the risk category to get the second jab. So the government are saying, let's give it another couple of weeks just to get that second jab in. But, yeah, <laughs> like, they're still talking that some of the over 60s aren't vaccinated. What, what, 
We're, were we not supposed to be hitting eighty percent of the population by now? Well, we are eighty. Well, eighty percent got the first dose, I believe. Yeah, and yeah. now and they've now reduced with the AstraZeneca the wait time for the second jab down to five weeks rather than the original ten. Because it. Well, to try and make sure that before this Delta variant gets hold, right, I, that I, those I, vulnerable I, groups are vaccinated. I can, I can go to you, Niall. Let's go for a few pints tonight. I'm going to ring a hotel in Dublin, book us into two rooms. We'll have a bite to eat and a few pints. No problem. Do you know what we'll do then is we'll head down to the cinema and we'll watch a movie. And when we come out, I'll, I'll meet you in the morning. We'll head downtown. We'll do a bit of shopping, get some new clothes, the whole nine yards. Not a bother. But when it hits lunchtime and I say, let's go for lunch... Oh, no, you got to sit in the street, buddy. you got to sit in the street. Well, I can go to the cinema, sit there for two hours. I can go into a hotel. I'm delighted hotels are open. I have great friends in hotels. Delighted for them. And once, you're, well, and once you're staying the night, of course, you can eat indoors. Yeah. Oh, yeah, eat and drink and have a merry time. Um, but I can't go to a restaurant. I can't go to one of my friends' restaurants. You know, I can work in a restaurant all week. And then when I'm off of a night, I can't go out to a restaurant unless I'm going to sit outside. Um, so You believe the whole thing makes absolutely zero sense? Yeah. Tell me the sense. We've asked, government officials have been asked time and time again, produce the evidence to show that there is a difference between a hotel restaurant and a standalone restaurant. And if you turn around and go to me, this is the reason you can't open a logical, sensible scientific reason I'll be the first to go not a problem lads back off we need to stay closed ok well listen on that note Noel I have to wrap it up this thank you very much indeed Noel Keane who's a chef and owner of Cree in Tralee who doesn't see the sense in it wants to see the evidence basically saying that the hospitality industry the restaurants and bars have been blamed more or less for this and in fairness to them it's very difficult to blame them considering they haven't been open in nine months so it is kind of difficult to blame them for anything at this stage let me know what you think do you believe the government's cautious approach is a better approach than the open-up approach in the UK? Let me know what you think. The number is 087-188-0008. I know that man is absolutely right. I totally agree with him. I'm 100% behind him. And behind that, as a musician, we're left way behind. There is no light at the end of the tunnel. There's not even a glimmer of, of hope for us. But uh, yeah, it just seems that we're going backwards instead of forwards. And I do appreciate the concerns of everyone on health issues and the whole lot, but it's it's becoming a it's becoming a laughing stock. I think the the country's a laughing stock. And in regards to the government, we didn't really vote them in the first place. But there you go. Anyway, love the show. Thanks, now. Also, Tito Tallish and Leo Varadka said he hopes Neffet's dire projections of the COVID nineteen in Ireland are wrong and admitted a proposed policy to only allow fully vaccinated uh, indoors for indoors activities is unfair on young people. So he's admit they're admitting it is unfair, and and in fairness to Young Finnegan who were on earlier on, the government are actually agreeing with them that it is unfair to actually, I suppose, segregate them and separately treat treat them separately to everybody else in society when it comes to the nineteenth of July and indoor activities and having to, I suppose, be vaccinated. In relation to Ireland's vaccine rollout, the deadline, of course, is tomorrow, the first of July, where Michal Martin promised to have eighty two percent of the people uh, vaccinated in this country. I don't think they're going to reach that target. They may on a first dose, but certainly not on a second dose and to remind people as well that they are reducing the time now on the AstraZeneca uh, from the original 10 or 11 weeks back down to 5 weeks Uh, in other words that if you haven't got the second dose you'll probably get a call sooner than you think and the whole idea of that of course is that we need to move forward Uh, and obviously 
uh, try and get as many people vaccinated as possible. Uh, the number is 087 8 That's 087 Let me go to Michelle. Michelle, you're an Ireland's classic kids. How are you? Hi, Niall. How are you? Good. Michelle, I mean, I understand there's a cautiousness of people. I understand people are watching the news and they're hearing Delta variant and they're, and they're afraid. I And I understand they're afraid. I mean, I was speaking to your colleague there and my thing was the young chap that was speaking there earlier on. I guess I really do get that the young people feel they're being hard done by at the moment. But I think they've all got very short memories in regard to what the elderly people... Now, I'm not elderly. I, well, I don't consider myself elderly. I'm in my late 50s. But the elderly people, they didn't have a choice of what they could or couldn't do in the early days. That's right. That's right. They literally were completely cocooned in Backing down the hatches, I mean, yes, absolutely. Absolutely, they couldn't even go and do their shopping. And, I mean, it wasn't a case of did they want it, did they not want it. They just weren't allowed. It was as simple as that, and they couldn't do it. And I think maybe some people have very short memories. Um, a lot of I, mean, I did say that to him. Yeah, we, all, we all made yeah. sacrifices in very different yeah. ways. And, of course, yes, you're right. The elderly people, at the, uh, for the first 10 months of this, were Shocking. worse affected they, than anybody yeah, else. I think, I think they were. And I, I mean, I was listening to the gentleman beforehand, and I completely get the hospitality are having a stroke with a very difficult time at the moment. But I do think, we, as you said earlier on, we've all had to take a hit at some point. And I just think it just feels a little bit more um, discretionary or non-discretionary, if you like, at the moment. And that's... Um, young people are being discriminated against. I think it's a very, very strong word to use, given that a lot of the youth, and I know that chap that was talking earlier on, may well have felt he was representing the majority of young people. Well, well, he's the president of Young Finnegal. Arto Mahoney is his name, so I suppose he does represent young people in, in a sense. Well, yeah, he represents, yeah. but I mean, he's not really representative of what we see a lot of young people, and I'm not talking about a small section, there's a lot of young people who are doing a lot of socialising yes. um, completely against what COVID um, restrictions are intended, whether they... they, they House parties, etc., etc., et yes. They, sorry, without sounding terrible, they couldn't care less. They're, they're young, they, they're living life to the full, etc., etc., and I would never suggest that they shouldn't under normal circumstances, but COVID is not normal. None of us know what this is all going to bring about, or as it has been. I mean, even the government, would I necessarily agree with everything the government has done or planning on doing? No, of course I wouldn't. But they're learning as well. They didn't expect this. They don't know about pandemics, etc., etc. Every country in the world is going through the same thing. And they're all going on what the other organisations' advice is. So, like, no government is getting it perfect. I'd say you'd probably hear everybody giving out. They're, they're all, they all seem to have different strategies, exactly, don't they, of course? Exactly. And nobody really knows what the right one is exactly. anymore. But I do feel that for the youth to say they're being discriminated against, I mean, really, sorry, lads, they really need okay, to... Okay, so in relation to yesterday's decision to delay yeah. the opening of the restaurants uh, by yeah. possibly two to three weeks... And yeah. then when they do open, uh, you know, for the foreseeable future is the words that have been used, that young people or anybody basically who hasn't been vaccinated uh, will have to produce a pass, you know, to prove you're vaccinated to get in the door, otherwise you sit outside. Do you think that's yeah, fair? I kind of guess, guess that it's, it's a difficult one. They may well have just been better off saying, actually, no, sorry, we're going to postpone it and take the hit on that. You know, you know, get their knuckles wrapped or whatever. Have people given out about them, as opposed to suggesting a partial opening for certain people. But again, I'll go back to it. It's just. Um, well, by the way, can I ask? Can I ask you a question, Michelle? What do you say to people, leaving aside young people, right, right. Um, who haven't had an opportunity to be vaccinated because they haven't? They're not in the cohort yet to be vaccinated. 
But what do you say to say the people who are texting us in today who don't want to be vaccinated? And there are people out there, for whatever reason, they've chosen not to be vaccinated. I'm quite happy. I have maybe two vaccinations already. But there are people who have chosen not to be vaccinated, be it out of cautiousness or whatever it happens to be. What do you say to those people who say, well, it's unfair that I'm not going to be. I'm 50 and I'm not vaccinated and I should be allowed in to sit down beside beside Michelle or near Michelle who has been vaccinated. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I'm like yourself, I'm fully vaccinated as well. But I have to say, Listening to, again to all the medical things, and it would appear that it's far safer to get it than to not get it. Absolutely. Now, yeah, obviously, they're all within the rights, but I mean, we're a country where we've, our children are vaccinated from a very young age for loads of different things, and we all we have the anti vax people going, around, going on about them. But for the most part, our country has been kept well and safe because of those vaccines. And if people make a choice not to take the vaccine, well, sorry, that. Come, what comes with that is the repercussions of not having a vaccine. And if that means that you're eliminated from fully being um, completely social, joining in socially, well, that's the hit you have to take for making that decision. Do you, do you think that's fair? Because, I, I, and again, I I'm, I'm certainly wouldn't be promoting anti-vaccine. If anything, I've been a promoter no. of vaccines yeah, yeah. Uh, ever since I started the show 11 years ago. But yeah. is it fair to say to somebody who's made that choice, because we've never done that before, we've never said to somebody, oh, you didn't get childhood vaccines against measles, so you're not allowed into the cinema, or you're not allowed into a restaurant. We've no, never done that before. No, we've never done that, but maybe it's time we should. I mean, we've had, um, and again, I don't want to be discriminated, but we've had people coming into our country loads of other different diseases and we probably haven't tackled that properly Well, either. we did try to tackle that and go back a few years ago in relation yeah. to people coming into the country and we were told, oh, you can't be doing that to people, that's against their human rights. You can't be screening well, people coming into a country. <laughs> sometimes, I'm going on to a different subject, sometimes I think we're forgetting that we're Irish and we're a, a Republican country that we run ourselves. We shouldn't be being told what to do and what not to do by us. Well, we're part of Europe too, Michelle. Unfortunately, we are told oh, no, what to do, what to do every now and again. I get that. I get that. Yeah. But I mean, suppose okay, so the, the thing at hand, COVID is something none of us have to deal with. COVID is very, very different. And going back to the vaccination part, is we have thousands of people to other things that vaccines have been given. Okay, so so basically, you're saying is, look, if you decide not to get a vaccine and and you've been offered it, and you have to take the hit and suffer the consequences, uh, Michelle, I, I have to go into a break. I, I'm running out of time. I do apologise, but thank you very much indeed. And I know you understand and you appreciate, or you're saying to me that you understand the government's cautious approach. Uh, I'm going to go to David as a personal trainer after the break, and he believes his industry is being destroyed. Uh, let me know what you think. The number is oh eight seven one double eight treble zero eight. Are the government being overcautious? All right, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. Numbers oh eight seven one double eight treble zero eight. Is our Ireland's approach to COVID-19 now overcautious is the question I'm asking today. David, you're on Ireland's Classic Kids. How you doing, David? How are you, Noel? How are you? Good. You're a personal trainer. Personal trainer and fitness instructor working there for a, a company. I tell you what, I, I can do with you at the moment. The old belly is getting a little bit big there, David. So maybe you can give me a few lessons at some point. But getting back to COVID-19, the restrictions on you at the moment currently is you can do a bit of personal training one-to-one, but you can't open a gym. We can we can open our gym to our to our members. So what we have at the moment is our members can book in uh, through the mobile app. We yep. open for five minutes. They come in, they do their session, they leave. Uh, we close for a half an hour. We sanitize the whole place and we open them for another seventy five minutes. Right. Okay. And that goes throughout the whole day. But with the restrictions that were that is in place at the moment, it won't allow us to teach. Um, a fitness class, a supervised fitness class where people are two metres spaced out, their equipment is set up for them, sanitised before they get in so they don't even touch 
anything at all. Um, and then after uh, they're finished with the equipment, we sanitize it again and put the equipment back um, with the new, new restrictions yeah. in place. They won't even allow that, but yet we can have 20 members on the gym floor, semi-supervised, uh, to do their own thing and Right, you know, that doesn't make a huge amount of sense. So they can they can do it unsupervised, but they can't do it supervised. Essentially, exactly, yeah. And, so and now, what's the reason for that? Is that because there might be music involved, and you have to dance up and jump up and down? And well, I mean, what is what, I mean, what is the logic, or is there a logic, or have you been given a logic behind that? We we have been given absolutely nothing. Some bright spark who's getting paid thousands in the government has decided to put us in uh, these restrictions, basically. It wasn't like that in the fourth after the fourth lockdown. Uh, they changed it. They changed that. So they put and, us in. And what? And what? Sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but I mean, I wouldn't be familiar. But in the UK, for example, and other countries in Europe, what are the restrictions on gyms? Are they similar? Uh, they're similar. They are, but all their fitness classes is is up and running. I'm, I have friends all over the world, and they're they're posting up videos and pictures of their gyms and all like that, and their fitness classes running. Now, there is some gyms around Dublin and around the whole entire country, basically, that are just ignoring the government's guidelines and just going ahead with the fitness Doing their classes. own thing, like. Yeah, and there is some big-name gyms out there that are doing it. But, I can, like little boutique gyms, I can see where they're coming from. They, so you the, believe your, your industry is not even viable under these guidelines? For a period of time, obviously, in the interest of public health, you were quite willing to play ball. But at this point in time, now you believe your industry is not going to continue. It can't continue to be viable with these particular restrictions in place. Now, again, reminding me, but and pardon my ignorance, but was there a plan to remove that restriction um, this month? Yes. Yeah, so on the 5th of July, we would have been able to teach fitness classes in multiple pods of six. So we had, we had all these screens all prepared. We've got them bought in. Okay. So uh, people would be... Like six people would be in a pod, they'd be able to do their fitness class and all like that. Um, with an instructor, I assume, jumping up and down beside them, yeah, telling them what to do. Yeah. Yeah, with an instructor on the stage, and literally we had like perspects in front of the uh, of the instructor, so the instructor doesn't even get to touch anybody. They're basically in a plastic box. I see. What I'm thinking here is, if I'm going to a gym and I realise there's other people with sweaty bodies jumping around beside me, right? I'm going there. And I'm take, making a personal decision to do that. You know, nobody's forcing me to go in the, into the place. I do understand that there's a, a virus and I do understand there's a Delta variant that's much more transmissible. And I do understand that maybe I might not be vaccinated or maybe I am vaccinated, whatever it is. So what you're telling me is there should be just a personal responsibility. In other words, yeah. if people decide to do that and go there, they understand the risks. It's all over the news every day of the week and they should be allowed to at this point. Yeah, and... Um Another thing as well is like uh, we are, we're not allowed to open our jacuzzi or steam room. And well, wasn't there always a thing about jacuzzi? Now, I don't know, and, and you can help me out, but wasn't there always a thing about jacuzzis that they basically can harvest bacteria and viruses because of the temperature? There was always, even before COVID came along, there was always something about jacuzzis, wasn't there? Just because they're set at 38 degrees and like your intestine is 38 degrees as well. Yeah. Bacteria lives at that, uh, that certain uh, degree, like, so we have ours closed at the minute. And yeah, well, I mean, you'd, you'd be happy enough to sacrifice that for a short period of time anyway, yeah. wouldn't you? That aspect it's, of it. It's just, it's just to get your instruction classes back open again so you can have more people yeah. in and out through the door. That's it. Like, and it's, it's heartbreaking to see uh, so many members cancel their membership and suspend their membership and 
come down. We've had members come in literally crying to us uh, when we were closing there just before Christmas going, I don't know what I'm going to do without without the gym. I don't know what I'm going to do without the classes and all like that. And just for the social aspect of it. That's a, we have, well, I was going to say, it's not just for fitness, it's for the social aspect. It's not my bag, but I know a lot of people do it. And it's nice just to clear their mind and just get out and, and do a bit. And look, I absolutely understand what you're saying, and I do empathise with the situation, David. You and many other gyms are in around the country, and I need there needs to be clarity on it. And I think Michal Mart needs to give some clarity in relation to that. I'm surprised, by the way, that they're not allowing that when they're allowing people to go to cinemas and other things as well. Uh, thank you very much, Nathan. I appreciate you coming out the air. Loads of messages, by the way, coming in on WhatsApp as well. I have to laugh at the woman there. She's saying, "I don't want to be discriminatory." She is discriminatory. She's been discriminating against people who, for whatever reason, don't want to get the vaccine or can't get the vaccine. So she's being discriminatory. So come on, let's call a spade a spade here. Okay? You're discriminating against people. End of story. Thank you. All right, okay. Hi, Niall. I love the show. I have to say the people Neffet is running this country are nothing but a joke. Yes, I said Neffet is running the country. is nothing but a joke. My daughter is 20 years of age, fully vaccinated because she's underlying conditions. Her boyfriend is 21 years of age. He's not vaccinated. My daughter can go into a restaurant and get something to eat. Her boyfriend cannot go in with her and sit beside her and have a meal. But yet he can apply for a job there and serve her the meal. Nothing but a joke, this country. (laughs) When you look at it like that, you have to think to yourself, that's complete hypocrisy. So her boyfriend is not vaccinated. She is. They can sit down to dinner at the table together in the house. But they can't go into a restaurant together. He has to sit outside the window while she sits inside the window because of the rules that the government want to bring in. That's, I suppose, how silly this whole thing sounds. Now, Neffet believe they have good reason to do that. But a lot of people are not making sense or believe it doesn't make sense. And on three occasions this morning, I heard three different ministers on radio ask exactly that question about a young person can work in the place, but they can't sit down and have dinner in it. And none of them, would answer the question and none of them could answer the question because that seems farcical. Right, so your text came in, Niall. I couldn't agree with that woman more. I myself isolated for nearly the last 12 months until I got my vaccination. After I got my vaccination, I felt safer going out. I certainly don't want to sit in a restaurant with somebody who hasn't been vaccinated. I get what you're saying, but in saying that, if you're vaccinated now and even if you did get COVID-19 and you're fully vaccinated, you're telling me, the chances of you ending up with serious symptoms would be slim to none because isn't that the purpose of the vaccination? I understand that the point you're making, uh, and I get what you're saying, that you took the social responsibility to do that, but in saying that some people don't have the option at the moment because young people, for example, uh, don't have the option to get vaccinated. Somebody said, I'm fully vaccinated. My partner is also. Our daughter is not. Yet her boyfriend is. So all four of us, if we wanted to go out for a meal, can go, but she can't join us. Well, she'd have to sit outside, according to the government rules. Let me go to Anita. Anita, you're an Ireland's classic kids. Hey, dear, Anita. Hi, Niall. Thank you so much for, for allowing people to, to voice their concerns over this topic. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Uh, Anita, you're a nurse and you believe the government are being overcautious. Well, first of all, Niall, I just wanted to say I'm, I'm, I'm fully aware that people resonate with getting vaccinated and there are people who don't resonate with getting vaccinated. My, my piece here is that as a nurse, I've studied biology and physiology. We, every man, woman and child have an innate ability 
to develop our own antibodies to viruses. That's how humanity has survived over thousands of years. Um, so from my perspective, we're now 16, 18 months in, and you know, I, I, can, I can honestly say most of the population have probably already developed a good immunity or, or antibodies to COVID. Yeah, that's, much that's, of them will. Yeah. And, and by the way, many would have had T-cells would have been automatically yeah. immune even before they started. I Absolutely. get that. Absolutely. And then we have people who are immunocompromised and vulnerable and frail, and they potentially, obviously, would go for the vaccine, which is absolutely fine. My concern here is that we're, we're, we're discriminating against a huge uh, portion of the population that really aren't at risk even from, from uh, developing very bad symptoms from COVID. And, you know, we're, we're not allowing our, our, uh, a portion of our uh, economy to open up, which is the indoor dining. And there was a concert over the weekend. Uh, it was an indoor concert. There were people sitting in their pods. I think it was six to a table. I saw pictures of it. Great concert. People seemed to be enjoying themselves. That was indoors. Now, what would the difference have been if there was food served at, the, at those tables? versus it just being a concert. And, and, and you're right, and I can give you lots of examples. For example, we can all go to a cinema tomorrow, yet we can't go and sit beside each other in a restaurant. I, I completely yeah. get it. I, now, yeah. let me give you the, the alternate situation, Is and Sky News have just reported at the moment. Nearly 2,000 cases are linked to Scotland fans watching the Euro 2020 games. Uh, of the 1,991 cases registered to Public Health England, two-thirds said they had travelled to London to watch the England versus Scotland game on the 18th of June. Uh, mm-hmm. A total of 397 of those fans were at the game in Wembley Stadium, and 55 were at a fan zone in Glasgow, while 38 and 37, respectively, were linked to the Scotland versus Croatia game. So it's clear that this Delta variant is more transmissible uh, and many viruses throughout history, as you rightly pointed out, have been more transmissible. Doesn't necessarily mean they're more dangerous, but they are more transmissible. It's also clear that out of those 2,000 cases, most likely, most of those won't end up in hospital. And most, and probably actually they're they're saying something like 1 in 10,000, if you've been vaccinated, for example, have already had it, uh, would end up in hospital and possibly die. So it's quite a low number. But in saying that, Neffet's argument is, you know, we need to be cautious and a few more weeks is not going to matter. Well, it's not going to matter to them because they have a job. They, they can sustain their families. We have people who, who, you know, really want to get back out and working now. And I think it's really, really important that we recognize that Neffet weren't elected by the Irish people. Um, we, we have a government that's basically handed over power to Neffet. And I, I, for one, don't agree agree with it. We have to remember that the PCR test that everybody are running for, for isn't a diagnostic tool and really shouldn't be used as a diagnostic tool. Kerry Mullis, the inventor of the PCR test, even said that. If you go back and look at his interview, I've seen I've seen the yeah. interviews with Kerry, yeah. and, and sadly he yeah. passed away. I'm sure. I'm wondering what he'd be thinking yeah. if he was still alive. I, I, uh, yeah, and he did yeah. talk about the PCR tool. You know, the, the amount of false positives that it may pick up. Unfortunately, I suppose in this particular circumstance, you know, the laboratories don't have anything else to use uh, to give us an indication. Yes, it's not as accurate as we would like it to be, but I suppose we do have to track and trace. We do have to follow the virus. We do have to see, you know, what we can do, I suppose. I mean, if we go back 15 months in time when we were very concerned about it, we didn't know what we were dealing with. We use the PCR test to try and, you know, look Absolutely. at different sect, look at different sectors and what we could do to stop that. Yeah. But at this point, 
I couldn't not agree with you that maybe there's a level of overcautiousness. But then you could look at the opposite reaction, which is that yesterday in England, Michael Gove said that basically, look, we're opening up in July come hell or high water. We're going to have to treat this just like the flu. People are going to die, unfortunately. That is a fact of life. He said seventeen to 50,000 people die of the flu every year in the UK. Uh, and, and, we have to, and we have to accept it. Is that, is that the right attitude then as well, that we just have to accept it? I, I feel like people need to take precautions if they feel vulnerable. I feel like as as every flu season, we see you know uh, hospital crises and and over overloading and this is this happens year after year, Nile. And it is something that we need to look at. But at the end of the day, we also have a lot of people who are suffering because they're not able. It's great to see the restrictions easing and people being able to meet with their families. But this whole thing of, of dividing families now because you're vaccinated versus non-vaccinated, I, I feel like it. we have to do what's right for as an individual. And I feel there is a massive discrimination happening. Um, and it, realistically, it's against human rights. That, that's the, the, the piece that I well, would that's have. A, well, that's a whole issue that's going to be debated, I'm sure, over the next couple yeah. of weeks when the Attorney General gets involved in the legislation around this, uh, the idea of testing people going into restaurants. But stay there for a second if you can, because I want to go to Lisa as well. Lisa, you're on Ireland's Classic Hits. Lisa, you've been Hello, listening honey. to what Anita's saying. She's a nurse and she believes that we are being overcautious, that there's no reason to be overcautious at this point. But you believe we're right to be overcautious. I do know, yeah. And why do you why do you believe we're right to be overcautious when we're at a point now where the vast majority of the population who want to be vaccinated have got at least their first dose at this stage. We've seen hospitalizations are at a really low level, less than they were last September, for example. And you know, we're at a point now where we should be getting back to some level of normality. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel that I suppose first of all, the first point I want to make is I just have been second vaccinated at the moment. Right. And I was brought into that forum kicking and screaming because I didn't want to get it. A hundred percent of me didn't want to get all these chemicals that we're not too sure about pumped into my body. But anyway, you did. I have health issues, which I won't go into now, but I have health issues and the doctor advised me it would be best. So I suppose I was one of the ones that was cocooning um, and still I'm very cautious. I only got it the other day. So I just feel um, I'm still scared stiff. To be honest, and I just feel. And what are you, what are you, what are you scared of, Lisa? Um, I don't know. It's just that anybody that have gotten it, they would have issues that I have, would have gotten it bad, or you know, it's it just it's not a good outcome for them. And which which and vaccination did you get, by the way? I'm just curious. I got the Pfizer. Okay, well, so the Pfizer is supposed to be one of the better vaccinations, and the efficacy is very good. It's it's up around the kind of ninety five percent or something like that. So, Lisa, the chances of you now getting COVID-19 and getting symptoms that would will, will, will end up in hospital are slim to none. I know. I suppose I just don't want to get sick at all. And well, <laughs> well, nobody no, wants. No, no, no. Yeah, but no, with fairness, Lisa, yeah. nobody wants to get sick. But we're human beings and we, we take that chance every time we step outside the door. Sure, you know, you could walk out the door tomorrow and I hate to use the old cliche and be hit by a bus. Yeah. And you've, you've probably as much chance of that happening to you as getting COVID-19 and dying at this stage because of, you know, the efficacy of the vaccine. So I'd be trying not to even get a cold because I sleep at me and I have to sleep with a machine. So and I understand, I understand your underlying illnesses, but... Would you let me get a point in it, please? Okay, go ahead, Lisa. Okay. Like, if I have to plan that machine, I can't if I get a cold. So then, like, that could have even repercussions for me. So I'd be trying to save myself from even getting a cold, to be honest. So I just feel, like, especially, like, what you were talking about there, and I was going into the restaurants and whatever. Like, Niall, I'm from Cork, and I just feel... 
I've seen a lot of the students being in party houses there and do you know what? Half of them don't even want to get the job anyway. So, and I just hate if I was going into a restaurant now to be beside that. And I know I'm vaccinated, but I just wouldn't want it. I wouldn't go in. So at the moment, no, I, I'm just choosing to stay out of that thing because I'm just afraid. But, I, you know, I, I just, I don't know. It's, um, it's, it's just a scary time. And I saw what happened with Cheltenham when that was allowed to go ahead and the France game and whatever. And look at all the cases after Christmas. 6,000 one day, 8,500 8, another day, 5,000. This is a new territory for the government. They've never been through really anything like this before. And I'm delighted that they're erring on the side of caution. I'll be honest. Okay, in relation yeah. to what happened in January, we didn't have yeah. a nation that was vaccinated at that stage. Yeah, so I would, true. I would that's think true. that although we may have an increase in case numbers because of the Delta variant, I would like to think that we wouldn't have an increase in hospitalizations and deaths. And I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, so are you saying to me, Lisa, in relation to the government's decision to not allow vaccinate, unvaccinated people into restaurants, that now, you're... what I feel at the moment is, you know, the 60-year-olds that haven't gotten their second job, I think it's very important over the next few weeks for them to be vaccinated and then they can ease off on the restrictions, you know? Well, well, let me well, let me just put that point, if I can, to Anita, who's a nurse. Lisa, uh, Anita, you're listening to Lisa. She's frightened and oh. she's worried and she doesn't want to go to a restaurant and sit beside, say, somebody who's not vaccinated. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, Lisa, I, I hear you and I can I can hear the concern in your voice. So I, I'm not trying to undermine your your situation at all. My concern here is that we're, we're, we're being a little bit of a nanny nation at the minute and not allowing people to actually provide, you know, um, a living for their, their family. You know, rest, uh, restaurants want to get back up and open and serve the public. And I get what you're saying 100%, but at the end of the day, when you are fully vaccinated, you're protected. So, you know, um, I, I just you're wanted to reassure you around that. Yeah. You know? Sorry? You're not protected 100%. Like the efficacy of the yeah. vaccinations at the start was supposed to be very high. And it kind of goes down. Like it's, it's gone down a lot. Like I was stunned when I heard it wasn't 100%. Because I yeah. thought once I, you, I, it, you were protected fully, but I, you're not really. I get you. I get what you're saying. But even like Niall said, you know, even a cold, you're, you're not going to be protected, you know, from a, a, a regular cold. So you, yeah. need to take, you need to take precautions yourself and do what's right and for I you. Do. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and I, I, I wish you the best with that. My, my thing here is that well, I, I would just I would caution everybody to sort of look back over the last, you know, 16 to 18 months and look at, you know, the amount of COVID positives versus the deaths, because what we're seeing is and what I've seen from my research is that we, we haven't actually had any increase on deaths year on year over the last five years worldwide. And also in Ireland, normally we would see a peak of, of deaths, unfortunately, around. Did so- you talk about excess deaths? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen excess okay. deaths. Okay. I mean, Lisa, if I could ask you just one question just before I finish this up. I mean, you're saying that the vaccination is not 100%. And you're right. It's not. I mean, yeah. the efficacy of some of the better vaccines is 95% which is pretty good, by the way, as vaccines go. Mm. And hopefully in time we will have a situation where we'll have a herd immunity and the virus will just vanish and disappear. I hope that happens. But that could be 20 years away. It could be. Some scientists uh, predict it could be a year, it could be 10 years, it could be 15 years. Influenza is still here, you know, 100 uh, 100 years later. So if it's not 100%, Lisa, and let's say everybody gets vaccinated, okay, what are you going to do then? 
Or what do we do then? If everybody's vaccinated and you're saying it's not 100%, do we continue to keep having restrictions and wear masks and not go on holidays and not go to restaurants? And Do we continue doing that forever if it's not 100%? I don't know. You see, this is all so very new, Niall. No, well, I'm, no I'm, I'm just genu- asking you a genuine question. If that's yeah. the case, do we just continue to do that forever? Well, that's up to every individual. I know I wouldn't want to be putting myself at risk, so I, I just, I don't know. You see, Neil, the problem with me is, right, I've seen, I've seen an 18-year-old down here going to a party, you know, and having hundreds at our party, and then it's right down here, okay? Mm-hmm. I've seen people in Cork do likewise. There was a limousine driver in Australia there, just picked up fares and 65 people got it. I just think people, you know, need to cop on and just think, just think before. Like I heard the other day of a guy who came home from England last week down on Carrig Lane and never vaccinated and went out drinking to the pub the minute he came home and he's after spreading it to a load of people now down there. And, know, and, 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 hopefully, and hopefully when everybody's vaccinated, that shouldn't be too much of a concern. So, let, so that's the question I'm asking you again. So when everybody is vaccinated, let's just say in two months' time, everybody is vaccinated. And what about those young people then? Can they go to a party? Can the limousine driver pick up people? Can the fellow come home from England? Or sh- should that sort of activity just stop forever? Well, if they're vaccinated, I don't see the problem then. You know, I mean... Well, they're nearly all there, aren't they? Everybody is vaccinated. Everybody. But everybody isn't right now. But, so I just think you're still unsafe. Well, we're never, unfortunately, so, you know, look, when we look at vaccinations throughout the world, you know, all the different vaccinations, we're never going to have everybody vaccinated because there will always be a percentage of people who don't want to be vaccinated. They will. I know. You're right. And they will. So what they should will. we do then? The virus isn't going anywhere fast and there's going to be new strains of it all the time. And you know what? Another question now that I would ask, is there any sanctions against China who caused this? Well, that's that's a whole other question, Lisa, and a whole other debate. Listen, Lisa, thank you very much indeed, and I and I hope you feel better, and I hope the anxiety uh, leaves you at some point soon. And Lisa, thank you very much indeed for joining us on the show. Uh, okay, loads and loads of people texting in in relation to that. Um, uh, surely, Niall, uh, these people that don't want to go out can stay in and let us have the choice of going out and do what we want to do and have to sit. They should have to sit in because they don't want to go out. Another person says, Niall, I don't understand the paranoia that some people have. There's nothing more you can do apart from vaccinate people. Are we destined to be living like this forever because the minority uh, don't want to go out anymore? Uh, Somebody else says, Niall, I absolutely understand what Lisa's saying. I'm in the same situation. I have a comorbidity. And although I'm vaccinated, I still feel I run the risk of maybe only 3 or 4%, but run the risk of catching it off somebody else. I get what you're saying, and I don't, know what, I don't know how to answer that question for you, but there, there is no answer to that question. The answer to that question is simply, we are as we were before COVID-19 came along, and there is always a risk. There's always a risk. I mean, before COVID-19 came along, <clears throat> there were other viruses out there that you would have had a 2 or 3% chance of catching, maybe, and ended up in the hospital, um, be it influenza, be it a common cold, or be whatever it happened to be. So those you know, respiratory viruses have always been around, and there's always been that small risk. And if everybody's vaccinated, we go back to having that small risk again. And they're pointing out in England today, of course, uh, Boris Johnson, Michael Gove and many others have said in the UK today that they're going ahead and they're opening up in July and that COVID will just have to be a part of life. Just like, you know, I mean, I don't know whether most of you know it, but and I'm not comparing it to influenza, but influenza became a part of life. It came, it came to a point, and, and maybe we've, we're dealing with that better now, maybe because we're all washing our hands a little bit more or we're all being a little bit more cautious about sanitization that influenza will stay away from, because last year, of course, it did. But 
every single year, 600,000 people in the world die of influenza. It's just a fact of life that as human beings, we're not infallible. We do pick up viruses. We do pick up bacteria. We do pick up diseases. If we go to a restaurant, you can get food poisoning. You can die. So, I mean, these are risks that we take in life as human beings because we're not perfect. And uh, unfortunately, that's a fact of life, isn't it? Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.